Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Property Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. What is going on, y'all? We are back. It is another edition of No Bets Barred. This time, UFC Apex 74. We are back in the friendly confines. But it's okay. It's okay because the main event, the main event of the evening on this week is none other than two men getting in there that weighed 125 pounds the day before. We get a flyweight main event. This is going to be the... Yes, thank you. I was wondering. I was wondering what the, <laughs> I was waiting for you to come in. We're getting the first men's flyweight non-title main event since 2017. First men's flyweight main event period since 2020. This is well deserved after the week off. I I, I was like, oh man, we're going back to the apex. But not only are we getting the main event being a flyweight fight, it's my guy. Don't blink, Kai Kara France as well in the main event. Guy, this is my dream. Not only that. We're also getting a second men's flyweight bout. Tim Elliott back in the octagon. Uh, tough, tough circumstances for him. We can get into that a little bit later. But two men's 125ers on this card. I mean, this might as well be international fight week for me. I'm, I mean, we we needed that week off to recharge because we knew all of all of the activity coming for us. Because I mean. We got a heavyweight fight. You know, I love me a heavyweight banger. We got a light heavyweight fight that's a spiritual. We'll get into that because before, Connor, you know me. I'm a man who does the research. I put in the put in the work. Do you know the things that have happened since we last saw a non-title fight flyweight main event? Fill me in, please. August 5th, 2017, as we all remember, Pettis Moreno, uh, Mexico City. Wonderful event. Since then... We've had two, two World Cups since the last time wow. Flyweight's made a fan, Connor. Just, just a few, uh, like two months prior, Patrick Mahomes, you know him, Patrick Mahomes, pretty good at the old football, had pretty just good. been drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs the last time Flyweight's led, led a UFC card. Billboard's number one song was Despacito by Luis Fonzi and Daddy Yankee. Wow. And in movie Justin theaters, Bieber on that too. He Justin the Biebs is on that. Love and in it. movie theaters, Connor, Spider Man Homecoming, the first wow. Spider Man movie with Tom Holland. There have been three Spider Man movies with Tom Holland since Flyweights have main evented in a non title fight. And this was this was April of 2017, August fifth of, of 2017. August fifth of 2017. I was getting to ready to start my final semester at UGA. That's uh, that is how long it's been. That feels like an eternity ago. That, uh, yeah, I didn't even think of it as far as personal. I had been with MMA fighting for a, one year, just over one year, which also feels like an eternity ago. So It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Uh, but yeah, well-deserved. We're back. Main event. Not only that, first men's flyweight fight since the April 29th card with Cody Durden and Charles Johnson. So, I mean, uh, by the time fight night rolls around, we will have gone a full month, May, 
No men's flyweight fights. No, no men's flyweights may. That's what they've been calling it on the message boards. I don't know, no, if you heard that, but you know, you, you, oh, yeah, you, can't, yeah, yeah. you can't have too much excitement in the month of May. Just the disrespect for our for our guys down at 125 is is unbelievable. Uh, cannot wait for that. UFC uh, Apex 73. Uh, we did okay. I, I had a nice winning week. Uh, nothing too crazy. I had a good week. I uh, finished up a little over four units, so hit Ooh, yeah. several of the That's gimmicks. A nice one. Uh, Chat GPT nailed it. Um, heavyweight overs hit. So you know we we did all the things. That Mackenzie Dern inside the distance bet. I remember specifically oh. talking on this show about how that was going to be fun because there was going to be moments where it looked like she was going to finish. Uh, it was not fun. It was fun for like the first two rounds, and then when it started sinking in, that like, oh man, like she's just probably not going to finish this. Uh, it was not fun. It, it was not fun. I, I regret making that bet. That was a uh, that was a tough one. I will say credit to her. She was trying. This wasn't she was trying. This, this wasn't Man. beyond Zhao Nan where she wasn't. She was she was putting the lumber to Angela the Hill. The knee the knee directly to Angela Hill's chin where she was completely wobbled into the hip toss. That one's gonna haunt me for a while. But uh, shout out to Mackenzie Dern. Great stuff from her. Not only are we going to get into UFC Apex 74, I don't know if you got anything. KSW Coliseum 2 this Saturday. First time they did it, it was uh, the second biggest MMA show in history. 57,000 people live. They're doing it again this weekend. Pretty stacked card for KSW standards. I'm a big KSW guy. So KSW rules. At the end of the show, I'll, uh, I got a couple bets that... Uh, that I've already laid down and, and a couple more that I'm eyeing once the props drop for them. Um, so let's dive in. UFC Apex 74. We start the main event. Men's flyweight bout. Ooh. That is the Ooh. first time in the history of this show that main event has been followed by men's flyweight bout. And I have to say, feels good. Feels, feels good, good, I man. mean, this is our Super Bowl. It right is here. our Super Bowl. Yes, absolutely. The, the the culmination of men's flyweight. Also, not gonna lie, it's kind of a banger. Like oh, it's it, super it is, banger. Like I am really looking forward to this fight right now. Kai Kara France minus one ten. Amir Albazi minus one ten. I mean, this is a coin flip of a fight. You're you're getting two different stories here. Like it's the jump for Amir, Kai grizzled vet. It's uh I think it's a tough fight for both guys, honestly. It's it's really who can who can have the success. I mean, a lot of people talking about Amir's grappling. Kai's got great takedown defense. We saw it in that Askar Askarov fight, like fantastic takedown defense. Um, but I mean Amir Albazi is no chump on the feet. Like I I think they're gonna be trading if it stays on the feet. We've seen Kai get put in in compromising positions on the ground. We've seen him sub before. I think Amir Albazi can have success. But I think Kai Kara France can have success too because I talked about the striking. I still think Kai Kara France is going to be the better striker here. He's got a ton of power in those hands at 125. It's tough. I mean, you you know who I'm riding with. You know I have a bet on Kai Kara France. <laughs> it, it doesn't really like well, we're we're podcast only, but I'm rocking my Kai Kara France don't blink shirt right now. It's it's as easy as that. I I'm riding with my guy. I took him at minus 110. Uh, but it's no easy task. Miral Bazi 16 and 1 for a reason. Something that I did notice that is kind of weird. They're pretty close to the same age. Uh, Kai Kara France, double the fights. I mean, he's been a very active active dude. He's getting out there, he's scrapping all the time. Uh, when did they start? I don't actually know. I'm trying to remember off the top when that happened. But yeah, that doesn't totally surprise me. Kai Kara France is, is a very, very active fighter. And Albazi, uh, certainly early in his career, as I'm pulling it up and looking at it, uh, did not do a whole ton of fighting. He's picked it up, you know, fought twice last year, but usually like one, maybe two a year seems to be his cadence. Uh, your thoughts on this fight? So I thought about Chat GPTing this one because dead even fight, but I couldn't because, I mean, what if Chat GPT went against you? I knew where you were going. And that's the problem with us podcasting for this long. This is our 47th episode, Connor, by the way. We're coming up wow, on the big 5-0. Big 5-0. Yeah. Coming up on the big 5-0. Uh, so, you know, I know when things are going to happen for you sometimes. And how were you not going to yeah. pick KKF? Like, Go it was on. very, very clear what was going to happen here. Uh, and so I wasn't even going to pretend to to even think about Albazi. Now, as it so happens, I even agree in concept that 
the KKF a little undervalued here. Um, the the difference in competition pretty stark. I mean, Albazi doesn't have any wins nearly as good as as some that KKF has. Uh, KKF also has some losses to kind of the top tier of opposition, which is a, a bit tough. Like maybe Albazi is just one of those dudes. I'm not sure that he is, though. I think uh, what we've seen from Kaikara France, uh, his last few fights, I mean, he was competitive with Brandon Moreno before that body kick put put him down and, you know, looked very good against Askar Askarov and Cody Garbrandt, obviously. I think he's there. I think if he can keep this on the feet, which he is historically pretty good at doing, uh, I, I do believe he has an advantage with the mitts. So I'm taking Kaikara France. Obviously, we're taking the under. But the question is, what is the under, Connor? Okay, because so can we talk about how slow the props have been? We're recording this right now on Wednesday morning. Just dropped. The, or at least pro- I just see him on DraftKings now. Um. Oh, on DraftKings Sportsbook. And what do they have? Just under three and a half? Uh, under over under three and a half minus one sixty uh, for the over under plus one thirty, which is great because in my notes I have I think they're going to set this line at three and a half, and I if I can get plus money on that under that'll be great. So plus one thirty under three and a half, feel great about it. Um, what if, they do what have if the I told full you prop the prop suite down? What if I told you the four and a half was even money? Um, I mean. I'm I'm gonna stick with the three and a half, but I don't hate the four and a half one. I mean, you're getting a full extra five minutes, and y- you know, I guess yeah, thirty cents is is a decent is a decent trade off. Yeah. But honestly, man, I'm not gonna lie. The sides aside, no pun intended there. Uh, I mean, I knew who I was going with going into this. I actually really like the like the fight doesn't go to a decision under four and a half, whatever you end up taking. Uh, like these dudes are. Four, four of both of their last fives have ended before the fourth round, have ended inside of three rounds. So, I mean, Albazi, 14 of his 17 have not gone to a decision, and nine of those ended in the first round. Like, he has serious finishing capability. He's cashed flyweight unders for us before, one very yeah. close to the bell back in December. And then Kai, I mean, yeah, he was a little bit of a decision machine when he first got into the UFC, but of late, you said it, four of five have not gone to a decision. I mean... Since this show has been involved, Kai has been been pretty helpful. Aside from when he fought Askar Askarov, one of the enemies yeah. of of flyweight under nation. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I I am a fan of of this under. I mean, we knew we were going to take it. I love that it's five rounds. I love the stylistic mm-hmm. matchup. I mean, I think both guys are alive for a knockout. And if Albazi does get it to the ground, dude, we have seen Kai put in tough positions. We have seen him sub before. He's I would for be a shocked. There. Yeah, I mean. I'm down for it. So, I mean, I think this is a great uh, a great flyweight under main event. I'm glad it's not uh, uh, Cody Durden, Charlie Johnson, five rounds. We might not get a flyweight main event for another six years if that was the one that came up. So. Yeah, this needs to be a banger. Keep our 125ers up at the top of the card. Let's go. Let's go. But, yeah, so we're in full agreement then, uh, right. which isn't surprising at all. Not surprising at all. All right, let's move on to the co-main event. It is a men's featherweight bout. Alex Caceres taking on Daniel Pineda. Daniel Pineda just fought a few weeks ago and looked good doing it. Uh, first chat GPT bet, was that? Uh, I think that that was first chat GPT bet, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. so uh, I mean, we just have to show some love. Like, just got to show some appreciation anytime Daniel Pineda fights. 45 professional fights for this man. He has Dude, achieved unbelievable. Al- almost almost 30 wins. He has never won by a decision. This man is not here to get his hand raised on the scorecards. He's here to make it known who won the fight. I mean, absolute beast and he's he's coming back off like a pretty quick turnaround and I don't really know who I like in terms of a side. I think this is going to be kind of a funky matchup. Uh I'm only seeing one and a half right now and it's like plus 160 for the under i don't mind if the prop drops for the two and a half uh and it's like a playable price like a minus 125 or a minus 130 i i would not mind an an under two and a half in this fight under two and a half is much more palatable than than the one and a half don't like the under one and a half because like it feels like they could be going through some motions but maybe like a uh if there's a fight ends by submission at like a tasty oh, line. I doubt you'll get a good line, but yes, if there's something yeah, I mean, tasty there, Pineda's, both of these dudes love to <laughs> love to submit and love to get submitted. They love getting submitted. Pineda, 
sub six times. Caceres sub seven times, and they have a combined twenty six wins by submission. Yeah, uh, that's why I don't think you're going to get a good price on that prop. But if you did, I would take it. Uh, one thing I just want to note because I don't think the last time we talked about Pineda, I even realized it. This dude fought Mike Thomas Brown. He has been around forever, forever, ever. Like that's in, I would have thought that anyone who fought MTB in the UFC had long been retired, but nope. Daniel Pineda just still just getting out there fighting four times a year or whatever it is. So, uh, I, I don't have a side. I think this is Casera surpassed for me. Um, I, Pineda had looked very looked pretty good his last time out, but Caceres has looked really good lately. Six of seven lone losses to Sadiq Yusuf, who is very good, and that was a competitive fight. I think the length uh, for Caceres can can give Pineda some problems. We saw him struggle a bit with Feely in that regard. Um, I, I don't feel confident laying the the number though. The the number feels about right. Like I think the odds are pretty well set. But if I were to take a side, I'd be on Caceres. All right, that is the co-main event. We keep it rolling on to the next fight, a lightweight bout. Jim Miller taking on Jared Gordon. Right now, Jared Gordon is sitting at minus 180. Jim Miller coming back at plus 155. Um, thought about Gordon for a little bit. Then, you know, like getting getting knocked out a few weeks ago. I mean, I know it was a clash of heads, but he still went out cold. Uh, don't really want to lay chalk on, on him. Then I thought about... Round two, Jim Miller. I mean, legendary guy. Legendary fighter. P- played it last time, but then I looked at it. Jared Gordon's been finished five times, only in the first and third round. Jared Gordon hates getting finished in the second round so much that he's never done it. I don't know if it's going to that, happen. That's here. when he's in rhythm, you know, between minutes five and minutes ten. He's he's vibing. I mean, it's, it's, it's an immovable force means an unstoppable object. However that saying goes, Jim Miller, round two Jim Miller is coming against round two Jared Gordon. One gets finished, one doesn't get finished. I mean, it's it's going to be a great round two if it makes it that far. It's going to be a great round two. Uh, I was the other side. I kind of thought about playing Jim Miller for a minute, but again, I think these odds, uh, at least on on the straight action, are, are pretty good, right? He's, like, he's 44. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's really old. Is he forty four? I'm sorry. I'm, no, I might I be he, thinking I of think Andre Arlovsky. I think Jim Miller is forty. Forty. He's going to make it to UFC thirty. I'm sorry. He's thirty nine. He's going to turn forty in August. I'm sorry, just, that was disrespectful to Jim Miller. I was thinking of Andre. Arlovsky. I say when you said forty four, yeah. I kind of thought you were just being facetious, and no, I was no, like, no. wait. <laughs> now that's so, Arlovsky. Who we get into later? This we're going to we're going to talk about Andre a little bit, a little bit later. But look, uh, I think this fight probably. Like, I think Jim Miller can win, but he's going to have to be able to wrestle because he has just, he's just going to get outworked on the feet. Uh, Jim, you know, uh, Jim Gordon, uh, not, not, not the right guy. Jared Gordon, uh, just kind of a volume king on the feet. And if you look at it outside of the Hernandez fight, which was a super high pace and uh, where Jim Miller got the worst of it, he has only eclipsed 50 significant strikes once since 2017. The man is not throwing a lot, uh, and Jared Gordon is. Both dudes are pretty durable uh, in regard in that regard. So instead, I'm I'm taking the over two and a half here because uh, Miller really has only been finished by like dynamic guys, Charles Oliveira, Donald Cerrone, Michael Chiesa, that kind of guy. Uh, and Gordon isn't much of a finisher. And similarly, mostly pretty good guys have gotten uh, Jared Gordon out of there. And almost forty year old Jim Miller, I'm not sure he's got got the juice in him to do it so i'm taking the over two and a half but that's my only action here all right respect uh i don't mind that that at all i mean jared gordon is i mean i know he had the the bobby green fight but he is typically a a longer fighter in in terms of his fight length all right we keep it moving to the second men's flyweight bout on this it's christmas baby it's free money they're handing out free money in vegas this week that's what they're saying. I mean, we can get into that in just one second. Tim Elliott taking on Victor Altamirano. I mean, let's go ahead and just talk about the under. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. 
and Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The the fight doesn't go to a decision. Whichever you, one you want to take. Tough scene. Uh, yeah, I mean, Tim Elliott... Uh, four straight decisions, 12 of his 17 UFC fights, yeah. uh, they've gone to decisions. Altamirano? We, we have the same math on that. It's <laughs> it's bad. Hey, listen, Altamirano, three of his four have gone to a decision. It's, uh, it's tough, but here's what I'm going to say. Tim Elliott's been through a lot in the last few months. The, the James Krause situation, the Gina Mazzani situation, the Kevin Kroom, all, all the whole bundle, the whole kit and caboodle. It's uh, it's as they say tough right now for Tim Elliott. He he's gone to Twitter. Uh, it feels like he's more locked in forever than ever. It feels like he's more motivated than ever. And I just want to pull up two tweets, just two tweets that Tim Elliott had this week. One, when asked about the fight, he said, "I am going to finish him. I am done with three round fights." Love that. They said, "Are you going to go for a KO or a submission?" He said, "I'm going to be searching for the KO." But more importantly, I'm just going to go in there and do some wild shit. I mean, what am I going to do? Not trust the guy? I mean, yeah. Were you calling him a liar? Am I calling I'm not going to be the guy to call Tim Elliott a liar. Not after the run he's had. There's no way I'm calling this guy a liar. It feels like he is. he's a good faith man. And he is the good guy in all of this. And I'm not going to call a good guy a liar. And that brings me to point number two. I played Tim Elliott. Minus 160. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call it a bro bet. Just another bro having another bro's back. Needs some support right now. Tim Elliott needs some support. He's down in the dumps. I'm going to support Tim Elliott. I want to see him win. I want to see him get some mic time. I want to see this man not just winning the octagon, but winning life. Because the situation that he's in right now, if you don't know it, Google it. Uh, Wife cheated on him with one of his best friends. It's Tough is an understatement. Like, if I can actually put myself in his shoes, like, furious doesn't even begin to describe how I would be. I would be, I'd probably be in jail. The fact that Tim Elliott is able to take it out on this camp uh, is is really great stuff, and hopefully he brings it to the octagon. So, yeah, bro bet, Tim Elliott, took him at minus 160. If I lose, you know, I'm going down with a bro. It's all right. I mean, uh, what's great is we just saw not not the same situation, but you know, similar strokes of after Mackenzie Dern beat Angela Hill down. The narrative is, I was taking my anger. I had a lot of anger from some other things going on. And I took it out on her in there. <laughs> Tim Elliott is getting the exact same opportunity to do so. Uh, didn't even consider that factor to the fight. Uh, it either well, goes one of two ways. It it either goes. I had so much on my plate, I couldn't come in and perform, or that was my driving force, and I just absolutely beat ass. You got to water boy it, you know, just visualize your enemy across the cage from you. 
Uh, I love it. My my thought is that if if we're gonna hit this under, it's gonna be a submission, not a KO. Ooh, uh, just because Tim Elliott's kind of a funky grappler, uh, and Altamirano, um, he's only been subbed once professionally, but he got RNC three times as a, as an amateur. Tim Elliott's a little bit funky. He's got some arms. He can you know maybe slide into Darce if Altamirano takes a a weak shot or something like that. So. Uh, I think I would say if we're going to finish, give me give me a submission over a KO. But I love this bro bet. Um, I have a lot of action this week, but I may feel compelled. To, I, you know what? I'm jumping in, joining the bro Let's bet. Let's go, bro! Bros, Just support bro another bro. Bros. Bro supporting bros. That's Come what on, we do man. here. We're we're here to What's support Timmy. <laughs> What's one more bet? Hey, I actually have to say, uh, I do have a lot of action this week between KSW and. Uh, and the UFC card, no parlays. I don't have a single parlay. Very reasonable. I have one, but it's a gimmick parlay that we'll get into because they, I only have one parlay open leg that I could have taken for a parlay inclusion. Uh, and so instead, I'm just going to bet it straight, I think. Okay. All right. Well, uh, that is the Tim Elliott fight. I'm probably just going to play fight. Doesn't go to a decision. It's still like plus 195. Not going to go crazy on it, but I'll be there. I'll be there. Tim Elliott finished. We're we're popping champagne. Uh, let's let's keep it rolling. Women's flyweight bout. Main card stacked with flyweight bouts, men and women. It's Kareen Silva taking on Ketlin Souza, and right now you can have Kareen Silva for the cheap price of minus two twenty five. Ketlin Souza coming back at plus one ninety. Um, I mean, I, I guess it was just the time off. I, I don't know what it is, but I'm just going flyweight under is crazy here because I also Love it. Pl- played the under two and a half in this one. I can definitely see that. Uh, I'll be honest. I did not do a ton of research on this fight. We had a long weekend. We were doing, want, uh, we were doing want, other things. You want uh, me to tell you why I took it? The research behind it? I watched two fights for each of them and okay. I can understand the thought. I do think, I mean, Kareem Silva is a very good, is a, is a finisher. She, she gets finishes, and I think she's going to be the bigger woman. I just didn't watch enough of Caitlin Souza to be like, I feel confident in making a bet here. So, Kareem Silva is the female Daniel Pineda. I mean, they are a match made in heaven. They they should, you know, really think about going on a date after this card because Kareem Silva has never won by a decision as well. 15 wins for her, all of them coming. Via finish. Also, 18 of her 19 pro bouts have gone under the two and a half. Kellen Sos, on the other hand, 12 of her 16 have not gone to a decision. They have finishing capabilities. Silva much more than Sosa. Both have been finished numerous times. I think that this can happen. I think we're very live to finish under uh, the 12 and a half. Also, like all those stats there, like just like neither of them ever going to decisions and getting under two and a half. If I feel like if this was a men's fight, it would be lined differently. Like if all these stats applied Ooh, to a to that's a men's, an interesting angle. If all these stats applied to a, like a men's lightweight fight, I feel like the under two and a half would be like minus two twenty five or something. Uh, that's interesting. That's very, obviously very styles. Styles makes fights, and and the way that you finish people is obviously going to have an indication on the line. But with how often these girls do not go to a decision, I will play the minus one hundred five on it. I'm cool with that. I will. I'll also let you know. I mean, I haven't fully done the research, but as I had started looking into it, like two thirds of women's flyweight bouts this year have not gone to decision. So, you know. Things happen in that regard for you over well. Something to keep an eye on. I love it. Let's keep it moving. Last fight on the main card, Jamie Malarkey taking in short notice replacement, Mohamed John Naimov. Uh, Right now, I mean, Malarkey is just like a ridiculously big favorite. He's like minus 385, minus 435, plus 350 coming back for Naimov. Interesting note, two late replacement fighters, both from... Tajikistan. Connor, you, see, you know me. Because oh, I'm, this is it. This isn't it. This, this oh, isn't it. This isn't it. I wanted this to be it. I really <laughs> did. But I can't bet Namov. I could talk myself into betting uh, Gafarov. I cannot bet Namov. Uh, yeah, dude, it's a tall task, man. It's a tall task. Jamie Malarkey is... All right, can we talk about Jamie Malarkey going from 
the biggest underdog on the card against Garam, and now he is the biggest favorite on the card against Naimov. That just right there indicates that I don't really want any part of this fight. Yeah, no part of this fight. It is, and that's it. So you and I are exactly here because, like, I don't know. It wouldn't totally stun me if Naimov, you know, came in and pulled something off uh, here, but he hasn't beaten anybody good. I have a healthy skepticism for dudes coming off a tough enough because, like, that promotion has produced one good fighter ever. Uh, so, and that was Natan Levy. So, you know, whatever. I, I just can't be in, but I really wanted the Tajikistan parlay. I was so ready as I was, like, looking over the card for it. I was like, well, just write that one down, chalk it up, easy parlay. And then then I just couldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, it'd be it'd have huge odds, but yeah, I mean, maybe maybe like a if if the price is right on the fight doesn't go to a decision. I mean, I could probably get talked into that. I could see Jamie Malarkey just working him down as the fight goes on. Yeah, maybe, but I I already have a ton of action and simply yeah. don't need to just be finding more to find it. But uh, speaking of, what is the price on this? Let me uh, let me try and pull this up and make a parlay here. Uh-oh. We can move on. It'll All be right. hefty. Let's move on to the prelims. A welterweight bout. Oleski. Eliza Zaleski Dos Santos. Uh, kind of a tongue twister there for me versus Abu Bakar Nurmagomedov. Uh, right now, I mean, I, I think it's Zaleski is a very, very short favorite. Minus 115 to Nurmagomedov's minus 105. I just have to say, going back and watching the tape, the fact that the last time we saw Zaleski Dos Santos in the octagon was the infamous referee not calling the fight against Benoit Saint-Denis back at UFC 267 is crazy to me. That feels like a fever dream. I was like, how has he not fought since then? Uh, but he hasn't, and he looked fantastic, and Benoit Saint-Denis has now won two straight fights in the UFC. Um, but then on the other side, man, I mean, you have a 17-3 and Nurmagomedov coming in here. Classic wrestler-striker matchup. Can can Abu get the wrestling going? Like, if he does, he wins. And then, obviously, you got to go to it every time. Fighters with Magomed in their name. Don't we have a rule about Magomed? I mean, fighters with Magomed in their last name are 52-9-1 and in UFC history. 85%, 86%, 85%, 86%, somewhere right around there. That's tough to go against. I mean, you have expertly laid out exactly the reason I'll be backing uh, Abu Bakar Nurmagomedov because at minus 105, that's a 50, 51% probability of winning. 80, 80% with the Madoff rule. I, mean, I don't, I, that's just math. I'm getting, I'm getting 30 free percentage points here. When when else do you get a guy with the name Nurmago Madoff at just about even odds? It doesn't happen. Now, is Abu Bakar not nearly as good as other Nurmago Madoffs? Absolutely. Totally true. Is less is is EZS uh pretty good at defending takedowns? Also pretty true. But I'm just going with the Magomed rule. That's what we're doing. We're locked in. I'm feeling fine about it. I don't have anything, but I'm going to support you here. I'm going to cheer for it because I just want that number to get as big as possible. I want, I want, I want people with Magomed in their name to be like 111 and like 16 in the, the inverse of Jay Silva. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Jay Ellis. Come on, man. Have Ellis, some respect. Ellis, have sorry. some respect. Uh, the fact that we both know who we're talking about in that case is quite ridiculous. Uh, I don't have anything, and I already have a lot of action down, but. I'm I'm cheering for the Magomed name stat because it's just so ridiculous. Wow. Fantastic. Let's let's keep keep we're gonna let's make keep this it rolling, the dude. We're, we're, dude we're, we're churning and I think we're churning out some some good information here. Knock on wood, hopefully we are. Uh but next up, it's a men's bantamweight fight. John Castaneda taking on the second short notice Tajikistan fighter, Moeen Gaforov. Uh right now. You can get Castaneda for minus 132, Gaforov at plus 115. Am I seeing that? Do I need to update that? Uh, no, pretty much. I think that's right. Pretty much right there. Um, your thoughts on this fight? 
I have zero thoughts. I did not do a after I realized that I could not be betting on Namov. I did not research this fight at all. So I don't want to give false promises to people out there listening. I know yeah, nothing about these two men. So I went back and watched Gafarov's contender series fight against Chad and Helliger. I mean, he looked pretty good. Like he lost, he ended up losing a, a split decision. Uh, he he like he got knocked down in the first round, uh, but like he fought back and and fought pretty well throughout throughout the last two rounds. Uh, probably the right decision with with the splitty. Uh, but I mean, he's fought in a in a lot of high level promotions. One LFA, CB, uh, and I mean, he's beaten some good dudes. He also is just like a all holy finisher. Ten knockouts, seven submissions. Um, just Multiple the spinning back kick finishes, which I'm a huge fan of. Which is I'm a huge fan of. I mean, and then the way Castaneda, who I believe I was riding in his last fight against Daniel Santos, when he couldn't get him out of there, I mean, it was all just kind of downhill from there. I mean, he both of his uh, UFC wins are by first round knockout. I, I think if if Gaforov can survive, which I really think he can, he's he's a tough dude. He's never been finished. Um, if he can survive, I I think he uh, I think he can win this fight. I took a dog shot plus one twenty on the uh, Tajikistan short. See, notice replacement. you were so close to being in the Tajikistan parlay. I actually was not even ever <laughs> even remotely close to playing nine off. Though that price is huge. That price is huge. It's a very large number. <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw Gafurov open at like plus two eighty five on some book for like three minutes. Uh, I was like, whoa. And by the time I looked into it, he was like down to like plus 130. Yeah, sounds, sounds sure. <laughs> I guess that I have nothing on this fight. All right, let's keep it rolling. It is a heavyweight bout. Andre, the 44-year-old Arlovsky that I mentioned earlier, taking on Dante Mays. And in a shocking turn of events, Dante Mays finds himself as the favorite, minus 125 to Andre Arlovsky's plus 105. Um, yeah, I mean, like, it's it's just like, do I want to trust 44-year-old Andre Arlovsky or Dante Mays? And, like, you don't real, have to trust either. I was just going to say the real answer is neither, but I <laughs> certainly, absolutely do not want to trust my money with Dante Mays. After the Hamdi fight, he cannot be trusted. He lost again since then. Cannot trust that man. But please tell me why you're taking the over because I think that's a good play. I'm taking the over because heavyweight overs are my lifeblood. They're 10 and 7 on the year, Connor. We're up we're up over 2 units on heavyweight overs collectively. 10 and 7, solid showing. And that can't really even, you know, uh take into consideration all of the fun that's had watching heavyweights fight for 15 minutes at a time. It's it's the best. And I think we're in luck. I think we're getting another 15 here. Andre Olavsky is the patron saint of heavyweight over. Seven of his last 10 have gone to decision. All seven of those where Andre Olavsky wins. The three that didn't go to decision, Andre Olavsky losses. The man, when the man loses, he loses quickly. And so you don't have to sweat out losing the heavyweight over late, or he's just going to drag you into deep waters and beat you with experience. So Dante Mays is a guy who can have that very thing done to him. Uh, you referenced the Hamdi fight, tough fight, the Sakai fight, uh, just an awful, awful, awful. clinchy against awful. the fence. And if there's one man who knows how to clinch you against the fence and hold on to you for 15 minutes, Buddy, it's Andre Arlovsky. So, uh, you know, there's always the world where maybe Dante Mays knocks out. Andre Arlovsky is 44 years old. I don't think that that's incredibly likely. I do think this fight's going to go long. So I even feel good about this bet just outside of betting it for the fact that I'm betting every heavyweight over. But here's where I run I, into a bit of a problem. I, I do love, just quickly, I do love when we give like the uh, the disclaimer like I did with the main event. Like yeah. I actually like the under in this <laughs> yeah. fight. I'm not just doing it for a gimmick yeah. here. This isn't me committing to a bit. This is yeah. actually something I, I this would is, This is not me playing in. with actual money that I worked to earn <laughs> for a stupid bit for a podcast. Uh, this is me actually liking the bet. Look, the longer this podcast goes on, the less real bets I'm ever going to have. I'm just going to be riding. Honestly, honestly. 
sense. But here's where I run into a problem, and that problem is exactly this. This is the first leg of my gimmick parlay because I'm a big Andre Olowski supporter. I kind of want to bet him at underdog odds for the reasons you said you don't really trust Dante Mays. I sure don't trust Dante Mays, but trusting forty four year old, trusting forty four year old Andre Olowski is tough. And yet, I'm betting Dante Mays as part of a two leg parlay because God speed. It's it's gonna be tough. But when the Tajikistan parlay was was ripped from me by the littlest bit of logic and reason that I possess, I had to find a new parlay. And what else do you find on this card? There are two men on this card with apostrophes in their names. So we're making the apostrophe parlay with Dontel Mays and David uh, Blackshear. No. Uh, it's probably not going to win, but this at least has the op- the other side of it where if Andre Olowski does do the thing where he gets beat very early and my heavyweight over loses, that means I still have cashed the leg on the Dontel Mays part of the parlay. So one half of the gimmick parlay, heavyweight overs, that's where we're at here. Uh, I I just, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's it's the old adage, friends don't let friends bet on Dante Mays. I, I fell into the <laughs> trap. Uh, at one point in my life, a low point in my life, I fell into the trap uh, against Hamdi. And every second of that 15 minutes was just pure terror, torture. It was... <laughs> It was just a bad experience, and now you're going to do it against the grizzled vet and Andre Arlovsky. I mean, Hamdi, though, was on banned substances, so it really wasn't Dante Mays' fault. you got to consider that. Dante Mays is famous for the video of him humping the dude's face in the fight, right? <laughs> I mean, if we talk about, the, if we talk about the, the actual, you know, the, the intangibles here, I mean, Dante Mays is 6'6 with an 81-inch reach. Yeah, my issue is he's not that fast. Like he's I mean, he's definitely not fast. Like if we're really getting into it. Like I know, but that's that's the thing. Like when you look at the dudes who have really who have pulled off the knocking Andre Olavsky senseless and and getting those quick finishes, like say what you want about Marcos Rogerio de Lima. Not a tremendous fighter, but the dude is explosive, particularly early on in the fight. And that's that's just not who Dante made. Tom Aspinall, explosive. Jairzinho Rosenstrike, explosive. It's not, it's just not who Dante Mays is. He can get moved around the cage. He's not that fast with the hands. Olavsky, I'll never be shocked. He's 44, but he just, he's so veteran in this game. I don't, it seems a little unlikely that Dante pulls out an early win here. Well, listen, here's what I'm going to do I'm going to support Dante Mays on Saturday. You don't have to. I'm not betting on him. Oh, no, okay. no, 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 stop. Okay. Please, please. I'm definitely not betting on him. I'm just going to support Good him because of, because of your bet. Uh, all right. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. We spent entirely too long on that fight. Let's keep it rolling. Men's bantamweight bout. A lot of bantamweight fights on this card, too. Daniel Santos taking on Johnny Munoz Jr. Right now, you can have Santos for the ethical price 
of minus 205. Johnny Munoz Jr. coming back at plus 175. Um, I went against Daniel Santos last fight, and it bit me, dude. I mean, this guy is tough as nails, and he just keeps walking forward. Knock him down, don't care. Getting up, going to keep walking forward. Like, he... He has that Charles Oliveira in him. There is something in the water down at Shootbox. Um, and, I mean, I, I think this stylistically works very well for him in a fight against Johnny Munoz. I, I think he's just going to move forward. We've seen uh, Munoz's chin touched. Doesn't like to get hit that much. He has a great grappling game, but if he takes him down, I think Daniel Santos is just going to get back up. He's a black belt himself. I, I think there's a lot of advantages that Daniel Santos has, and I, I think he's eventually going to get Johnny Munoz out of there. So you taking Santos? I am taking Santos inside the distance. So uh, very, very logical breakdown, entirely reasonable. I'm I'm going against you, uh, oh. and I want to be extremely clear when I say this. No one should follow me on this particular journey. I want to hear what um, you have. Uh, I have the most concrete of data points, really. You you threw out some good ones, but let me give you the concrete data point that I think you must have missed. Cause if you had, you had wouldn't feel it. as confident. I, Johnny, I had to have missed it. Johnny Munoz Jr. Has not defeated anyone with a Wikipedia page. He's fought two dudes who have wiki pages lost to them both. But, but Daniel Santos does not have a Wikipedia page. Johnny that Munoz is. is undefeated against gentlemen without Wikipedia pages. That's right. A perfect 12 and 0 against the unwickied who wow. Daniel Santos is among. This and so I'm going, I'm betting stat. this entirely as a joke just to see if Johnny Munoz can continue wow. to defeat the unwickied. Uh, I mean, that's, I can't, I can't argue with that. I wish I could. I mean, is, does Johnny Munoz just, just quiver in his boots when he, he gets starstruck? Yeah, when he sees Wikipedia. Yeah, exactly. Wikipedia page, the lights are too bright. When, when Johnny Munoz sees that they have a Wikipedia page. I, I love that. Uh, I like that we're going head-to-head. That will be a fun... <laughs> you may win this one, but I had to test Maybe, it out. I wanted but to I see. Mean, I mean, Daniel Santos does get hit. He, I mean, he is aggressive. Like, he, anyone can get caught, and especially Daniel Santos. We've seen him get caught uh, a few times, but he just hasn't been put out, and he just keeps coming back. Uh, all right, let's keep it rolling. Women's strawweight bout. Jin Yufrey taking on Elise Reed, the people's main event. I am talking low-level women's MMA, negative striking differentials. This is going to be a good one. Love uh, negative striking diffs. Especially when both of them have it. I mean, it should be just a, a great affair. And uh, I mean, Elise Reed's ground game is, is something to write home about. Uh, we've talked a lot on this card about <laughs> fighters and uh, why would you trust them? Both of these women don't make a great account for why you would trust them with your money if you're going to place a wager on them. But here I stand, backing Elise Reed. Uh, let's go! Yes, your honor as well. Not just me, Connor, but Chat GPT. The, the advancements of technology. The robots say Elise Reed is going to win this one. This uh, is the Chat GPT bet of the week, baby. Uh, give me the breakdown, please. I need the breakdown. Look, I was looking for a fight to Chat GPT. Didn't want to do the main event because I had I knew where we were going vibes wise, and I was like, you know what needs. You know what needs the science of of artificial intelligence? Low-level women's mixed martial arts. Oh, yeah. That's what needs the science. Yes. Chat GPT is here to tell you that the fight progressed with both fighters showcasing their skills, each gaining moments of dominance. Reed's precision strikes found the mark on several occasions, oh, leaving yeah. Frey with visible signs of damage. But Frey's experience allowed her to weather the storm and retaliate with calculated takedowns and ground control. After a brief moment of suspense, the announcer revealed Elise Reed emerged victorious, carrying a hard-fought win, which maybe that's what happens, maybe it doesn't, but I do believe Elise Reed's going to get this W because the robots haven't led me wrong. Five and three on the year with the chat GPT bet. We are Five starting to build three. momentum. Gen all right. In, in all seriousness, Ginny Frey is 11 and eight. She's 38 years she's old. 38 is a straw huge data point. <laughs> and her last fight... She got knocked out in 45 seconds to Pollyanna Viana, who no finisher, big supporter, finisher by submission. Yes. First knockout since 2015. I mean, Elise Reed is is not 
the greatest fire in the world, but she will have a striking advantage in this situation. If Jin Yu Frey really game plans and comes in here smart, it will be to take down Elise Reed. Elise Reed really has shown nothing once it goes to the ground game, and we have seen Jin Yu Frey use top control before. I just have no, I have no faith in her doing that, and I don't know if she's going to get the opportunity. Uh, I, I think Elise Reed is is going to have some success. And me saying all of this, this is just a nice one point one to win one, easy, clean. I am not going heavy on this. Let me uh, let me give you one more thing just to seal the deal for you, because yeah. I don't know if you know this, but Elise Reed, Army Reservist. You think the week after Memorial Day, she's not going to be coming here bringing her best? You kidding me? She probably fought on Memorial Day weekend just to get get some reps in. Absolutely yeah. not. I mean, this is just the soonest she could fight after Memorial Day. Yeah, Great if point. they had had a fight card on Saturday, she'd have been doing it, but they didn't. So here she is showing out for the troops. That's a great point. That's a great point. Elise Reed, thank you for your service. Um, and we keep it rolling right on to the next fight. Men's bantamweight bout again. I mean, we are they they picked and choose the weight classes for this one. Luan Lacerda taking on Damon Blackshear. Pretty closely lined fight. Uh, but right now you can have Luan Lacerda minus one forty five. Damon Blackshear plus one twenty five. I know you talked about the apostrophe thing, uh, but I think we're going to be button heads here as well. That's reasonable uh, because I'll be honest. When I looked into this fight, I didn't love it, but uh, I loved it better than the Tajikistan parlay. <laughs> Yeah, probably better, probably going to have better (laughs) luck there. Uh, I mean, Lucerta, like, I felt like everyone was pretty impressed with his performance against Cody Stamen. Yeah, UFC debut against not the easiest opponent in the world. Um, Now he's back. I mean, I I think he's just going to, like, kind of have an edge and advantage like anywhere. Like, he's he's got good striking. I think he'll be able to outstrike Blackshear. I think the takedowns will be there if he wants them. Now, like, he could get taken down by DeMon. but That's like, the path for me. Blackshear's yeah. got to get get the takedowns. He struggled to really consistently pull that off in his UFC career. But uh, if if he he had much more success than the regional level, if he can get that going, uh, then maybe he can pull it off. But for sure. I mean, another concern. Another concern for Blackshear backers is uh, gas tank is it's it's not terrible, but like. It uh, it is not one of his strong points. We have seen him fade down the stretch in some fights. Yeah, uh, like I said, not my favorite uh, parlay I've ever done, but I wanted a parlay, and it was this or the almost sure to lose Tajikistan parlay. So. Man, that'll be so cool if the Tajikistan parlay does hit. Uh, I we may keep throw the- like a tenth of a unit down just just to burn I mean, $4. It's going to be a big payout. Two plus money plays. Uh, all right, we keep it rolling. Light heavyweight bout. Maxime Grishin. The last fight on the card. We are moving through this thing. Taking on Felipe Lins right now. Maxime Grishin, a slight favorite coming in here at minus 135. Lins plus 115. Um, yeah, dude, I mean, both these guys are getting pretty up there in age. Lins is 37, but Something that I, I thought about Linz as a dog, but he's had eight canceled fights since 2020, and he the majority including of those a canceled fight against Maxine Gershon. Yes, including a canceled fight against Maxine Gershon, and the more, majority of those he was the one withdrawing. Um, like yeah, he looked pretty good earlier this year against an ancient OSP, uh, but that kind of speaks for itself. Grishin too, man. I mean, he's 39 and he's had five canceled fights in the last two years. Like these guys are they're they aren't consistently getting into the octagon. They're much older. It's not like they're about to make a title run. Uh I just I just stayed away. Uh like we did the last time we broke this fight down. I'm treating this as a spiritual heavyweight over. I it's wonder if I count. had anything the last time. Like I don't even remember I don't, that. I don't remember. I do remember breaking this down because that was that was the first time I was like, "This is a spiritual heavyweight overfight," and then it didn't end up happening. Uh, look, Lenz was a PFL heavyweight champion. Christian fought for the M1 heavyweight championship. Fought for the fought in the UFC at heavyweight. Has missed weight and had to fight at heavyweight several times. A heavyweight. I think I'm picking this up feels, what you're putting down. This feels spiritually heavyweighty, so I'm taking the over. Uh, over two and a half minus one fifty five. I don't know. Uh, this could be a real sweaty, bad fight pretty, pretty quickly if we don't get an early finish. So it's every heavyweight over realistically, but I'm going to keep riding them. And that's, that's all the breakdown you're going to get. I love it. 
I love it. Uh, that is UFC Apex 74. I mean, that was tight. We were on it. I don't know if it's the summer weather. I don't know if it's the flyweights it's being the, it's back. It's a refresher. We just had to breathe it. We're ready to go. 100%. 100%. Now we got 13 straight weeks of it. Gotta love it. You gotta love it. I mean, we're going to go all the way through uh, to the fall. Um, Full summer, I baby. Did want to touch on KSW Coliseum. Too. Let's go. If you're chilling on Saturday and you have never watched KSW, I mean, this is this is the card to tune into. I, I I have become a huge fan of KSW. It's just a show. It's just a spectacle from the ring girls to the ring announcer to the fights themselves. Uh, I mean, it's just this Polish spectacle. I'm I'm absolutely enamored by it. It's it's quickly become one of my favorite promotions. Um and it's produced some pretty decent UFC talent as well. I mean, you've got the likes of Jan Blahovic, Mateus Gamrod, uh, Drikas Duplessis. Like, they, I think Joanna fought in it. Um, there has been some some serious talent that that's come through KSW. Last time they did this, fifty seven thousand people showed up. The second biggest MMA show ever behind Pride Shockwave. Even beat out UFC one ninety three in Australia. Five championship fights on that. I mean, they had Pujanowski, who if you've never watched uh, Pujanowski fight, he's fighting again this weekend. Uh, they had Mamed Khalidov. He's fighting in this weekend. How about this? Ariane Lipsky versus Diana Belbita for the flyweight title in that one. Mateus Gamrot defended his lightweight belt. Their UFC names littered throughout this thing. I mean, it was absolutely insanity. But this fight, this card, not as good. Not five title fights. There's still three title fights. Pujanowski's on it again. Kalidov's on it again. And then there's this guy who could we could end up seeing in the UFC very soon. I actually hope we do. Saladin Parnas. He's a French fighter. He's looking to become the third double champion in KSW history. Mateus Gamrot, pretty... Pretty good name there. And Roberto Soldich. Hopefully he doesn't end up uh, the post-KSW career as, as Roberto Soldich. But I, it's a pretty good card. I'm making a case for it. It sounds like it almost sounds like this is a KSW advertisement. But starts at noon Eastern, I think. I mean, it's just a beautiful timing and everything. If you're going to get the pay-per-view, I think it's like $10. And then on top of everything I just said, it's going to be in front of like 55,000 people in like a real deal UEFA certified soccer stadium. Uh, so... It's going to be pretty tight, and I do have a couple bets. I won't dive crazy deep uh, into these, but I did play the aforementioned Saladin Parnas. Uh, he's going up. He already has the interim lightweight title, so he'll have two belts on Saturday. He's going for the real thing. Took him at minus 200. I think he's the truth. I mean, he is just incredibly well-rounded. He's 17-1. and one. He avenged his one loss. He's only 25 it's just a well-roundedness. I, I think he gets it done here. I, I think he has a, a serious, bright future uh, in MMA. Another yeah. one. I, you, I, you, you know of Parnas. Yeah, I love KSW. Um, yes. KSW puts on the best show in MMA and has for, for years and years. It's, um, it's just nonstop entertainment. It is just, I mean, when the ring girl gets up there with the giant flag, like instead of walking around the octagon with the card of what round it is, they're on this giant stage and they have this crazy camera angle and they wave this giant flag of what round it is. It's, it's electric. Dude, every, whenever, I don't want to go too deep down the rabbit hole because we've been keeping it tidy, but whenever fans are like, Oh, the UFC is great at promotion. I'm like, no, they're terrible. They make they have a great roster, a lot of things you can compliment them on. But watch a KSW event and watch a random UFC fight night. And the difference could not be. I mean, even just look at this fight poster. It's so much more creative and interesting than a UFC fight poster. Like that is their product is one of the best viewing experiences you can get. It's always worth the the pay-per-view price. And uh Saladin Parnas is the real deal. Like oh, yeah, this like it is legit, legit. Like legit. I watched back some of his tape. Like super good. Th that's really all I can say. It's like he is just well rounded as hell. Like he he can strike well. He can throw beautiful kicks. He's got good boxing. He's got a great ground ground game. He's got submissions. Like he really is super sick. If he loses because he moves up, so be it. I would love to see this kid in the UFC one day. It would be fantastic. He'll make uh, it there not too long. He's the future of French fighting. Right? I love it. I mean, I love it. All respect to Francis Ngannou, heavyweight champion of the world, but 
getting up there in age, this this dude is the next guy. Um, another thing I love about KSW is that the champions fight in gold gloves. And it's mm-hmm. just such a great touch. It's such a great touch. The ring guy has like this giant microphone too. Like it has like this huge elongated stick on it. I'm getting hyped just thinking about it. Uh, look, a couple. Look at look at the poster. You notice the champions have have a little bit of gold adornment around their names. Oh, the I didn't. Too. I didn't. I mean, the poster is great. I mean, it's like the actual like Coliseum look. Uh, it's so good, dude. It's so good. Um, other bets that I have quickly here. Um, Roman Smansky. Uh, the money line, I took him at minus 225. So he fought this guy, Mercea, last year. And if you follow KSW, I know, you know, everyone knows Mercea injured his hand in that one, but it doesn't matter to, matter to me. I mean, he was getting beat pillar to post. And in that one, Smansky was a minus 215. Now he beat him pillar to post, goes in, knocks another dude out in his most recent fight, and now they're rematching. We're getting essentially the same price. I just have to take it at that point. I, we, saw this in, we saw this in PFL the other, uh, a few months yeah. ago. It was like the same thing. It's a reasonable bet. Um, and then last but not least, don't have a line on it yet. If it's a playable line, I will be smashing it. But the Spilka versus Pujanowski fight, listen, dude, po- Pujanowski is essentially Polish Fedor. Like he is a legend and he is here for a good time, not a long time. Seven of his last eight, 11 of his last 14 have all gone under the one and a half. Only one of them has been to a decision. Oh, yeah. These guys are going to come in here and chuck them, dude. There is no doubt about it, and someone's going to fall. Spilka is like he has a boxing background, like a pretty decent boxer at that. Like he's fought Derek Chisora, he's fought Deontay Wilder. He was like twenty four and five or something, but he got knocked out in all five of his losses. If you look at his MMA record, too, he's two and zero, both early finish wins. Um, yeah, under one and a half in that one. Yeah, this is not uh, heavyweight overs. Do not extend to KSW. Yeah, that is not their purview. <laughs> I would be shocked if I, I really think these guys are just gonna. Bell is going to ring. They're gonna 100%. go to the center of the octagon, and they are going to throw until this, someone. Falls. I think this fight will last less than three minutes total. Uh, I'm gonna follow you on the Parnass. I'm, I'm gonna parlay him Let's up with go. Reed Frey goes to decision. I think because as I sort of just have Reed Frey goes to decision sitting around here. I think I'll parlay that up with Parnass. And Shout out. I really hope he wins. It's always a treat to watch him fight. Um, I did have one more, Thomas Romanowski. If you watched the MMA Hour Awards last year, mm-hmm. he cashed twice as a big underdog in 2022 and then won two more times as a slight favorite. Uh, he just keeps doing it. I mean, something that's really crazy about him, like actually like insanity, he fights at middleweight and he has a 66-inch reach, uh, which is just... T-Rex arms. <laughs> if he fought... Israel Adesanya, the middleweight champion of the UFC, he would be at a 14-inch reach disadvantage and a 6-inch height disadvantage. And he is fighting for the vacant KSW middleweight title uh, that I believe Roberto Soldich left vacant. Um, T-Rex arms doesn't mean anything. Just ask the GOAT, Artem Lobov. That's what people say about Tomas. He's, He's the middleweight Artem Lobov. He also is killing it. Five straight wins, second longest streak in KSW behind Phil DeFreeze, three first-round KOs. I mean, I'm Does rocking Par- and rolling. Does Parnas not have five points in a row? Uh, I, know he got, I know he lost one kind of fluky one, but uh, I, thought, I would have assumed that he was back on. He lost a while ago. to the dude that he then beat. Yeah, I know he I know he avenged that. Four I just straight, that four was straight for Parnas. Four, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's it. KSW should be a great night. I mean, there's there are a few things in this world that I enjoy more than afternoon cards. Love like if we could just let's just start every UFC card at, at like 11:30 a.m. I, I would be a much happier man. My my life uh, quality would go up. I agree, but you know my life quality is going up because we did this in under an hour, baby. Let's go. That is it. A little uh, spring action. You know, it's it's the summer, the heat. We turned up the heat on this one nice and tight. Uh, I mean, just gave out an unbelievable amount of bets. Bangers, bangers, bangers. 
bangers. All in 60 minutes or less. Bangers, bangers, bangers. I would go over all the bets, but you're just going to have to listen because we have to do this in under an hour just because we want to. That's it. Next week, 289. We're going Woo. to Canada. Let's go, Canada. Woo. Love y'all. Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.